Hello, and welcome back to the Pediatric Pocus Podcast. I'm Tom Mate. Throughout the history of medicine, there has been a continuous progression towards specialization. Technological and conceptual advancements inspire curious physicians to experiment, and new disciplines are created. What began as a few enthusiastic pioneers dragging the ultrasound machine into the pediatric emergency department has snowballed into what pediatric point-of-care ultrasound has become today, a rapidly expanding and maturing subspecialty. Critical to the success of all specialties is the collaboration of its champions. They define the scope of practice, establish educational and administrative standards, coordinate multi-institutional research, advocate for continued improvement, and publicize its virtues to promote widespread clinical integration. One organization created to take on this charge is the PEMPOCUS, or P2, network. In today's episode, we sit down with Dr. Ron Barant, who is the current president. He takes us through some of the history, advancements, and future directions of the P2 network. I met Dr. Barant the day before the annual P2 conference in Las Vegas. We were in a small office room in the middle of the SAEM conference hall at the Mirage Casino. There were more than 3,000 emergency physicians at that meeting, and if you listen closely, you may be able to hear some of them in the background. First of all, thank you for having me. My name is uh, Ron Barant. I am an attending at Schneider Children's Medical Center of Israel. Uh, it's just in the outskirts of Tel Aviv in a town called Petah Tikva. And I'm the lead for point-of-care ultrasound uh, in my department and institution. I've been trained in Israel through my residency and fellowship and had an additional two years of training, one year in uh, clinical pediatric emergency medicine at SickKids and the second year at SickKids as well as a fellow of uh, Point of Care Ultrasound. So one of the things that I'm most excited about, about the P2 network, is that it brings people together and we get to talk about our achievements. I heard that one of your cases is right. going to be presented this weekend. That is correct. So um, this definitely falls under the title of like best case ever. This case is a six-day-old baby coming into the emergency department with a chief complaint that he has not been eating since 8.30 in the morning. So he came in at 2.30 afternoon. Mm -hmm. He was admitted and the triage nurse wasn't very happy with him and it took like about half an hour and he saw one of the attendings who realized that the child was short of breath and he had strider and he, he, he looked bad. So they put him into the resuscitation room, they gave him uh, inhalation of adrenaline, they called one of our ENT guys who quickly scoped him and he said he has a left vocal cord paralysis. So the team ordered a chest x-ray to look for anything compressing the recurrent laryngeal nerve that would explain the vocal cord paralysis. The left side looked fine, but there was concern for a pneumothorax on the right. So at this point he called me and he says, hey, can you help me sort this out? Um, I think I think it's just a skin fold. I think it's an artifact. But can you do a point-of-care ultrasound to rule out a pneumothorax? Right. Even just at this point, you know, the fact that at my department, people know that to rule out a pneumothorax, an ultrasound is better ultrasound. Than, than an x-ray. I was even happy at that point alone. <laughs> so I come to see the baby, and I ultrasound him, and the lungs are fine, both sides, and say it's not pneumothorax. But I look at him, and the baby, he looks, he looks bad. He looks sick. He doesn't, he's not responsive. So I, I said, you know, I'm, I'm just going to keep scanning. So I look at his heart. Good cardiac function, no pericardial effusion, no right ventricular strain. But when I'm looking at the heart and I'm looking at, it, at how it's beating, something caught my eye. It, it was a bit irregular. So it was like beating like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And I'm wondering why would he have like these bouts of bradycardia? 
So I'm thinking a bit and I say, well, maybe he has like bouts of increased ICP for some reason. I didn't, I wasn't sure. Right. So I took the transducer and I just put it in on his fontanel. Now, again, I'm an emergency, I'm a pediatric emergency physician. I don't do brain scans in yeah. kids, but I'm looking at the big picture, right? I, I have a kid here who's obviously sick. I just want to see if there is some kind of gross ab abnormality. I put it on his fontanel and his ventricles are huge. Not only they're huge, I see something bright white in them. And I tell my colleagues, look, I've never seen a bleed in the brain, but if I had to imagine how it looks like, I'm sure this is how it would look like. So I'm calling it an acute hydrocephalus due to a bleed in the brain. I have no idea why. The baby was born via vacuum assistance and did receive his vitamin K shot. Just before going to the OR with neurosurgery, his labs resulted. About half an hour before he goes into the OR, we get the blood works uh, back. He had a p normal PT and a PTT, which was the triple the time, only 97 seconds. Yeah. And he had a factor eight of zero. Wow. Yeah, it was a new case of hemophilia um, that um, was diagnosed only then and there. And so within a few hours of arrival, this baby who had initially presented for decreased PO intake and mild respiratory strider was found to have intracranial hemorrhage on a bedside ultrasound. This whole case was point of care ultrasound driven yes. from ruling out the pneumothorax, looking at the heart, looking at the brain. Yes. Um, uh, so, you know, and all my colleagues, I have a few colleagues around and they were, th together with me, they felt how powerful point of care ultrasound was in managing this case and saving this baby's life. Which begs the question, can PEM doctors use ultrasound to diagnose hydrocephalus? A literature search turned up a few case reports in one prospective pilot study. In 2018, Dr. Broomhild Holm et al. published a study in pediatric emergency care titled Evaluation of Ventricle Size Measurements in Infants by Pediatric Emergency Medicine Physicians. This was the first study of its kind and included 15 infants and three PEM physicians of various training in ultrasound. During a 30-minute didactic lecture, the study participants were trained in measuring the size of the lateral ventricles through the anterior fontanelle in the coronal plane. The results suggest that PEM physicians may be able to detect the absence of hydrocephalus with a high degree of specificity, but not the presence. Because of the limited number of patients included in the study, the authors recommend future studies with more participants. Which brings us back to the P2 network. The P2 Network is a research collaborative whose aim is to coordinate pediatric POCUS users to generate large amounts of data. Dr. Brandt describes how the organization got its start. In 2014, we had the inaugural meeting. Um, they invited all the directors of point-of-care ultrasound throughout North America. At that meeting, we all decided that we wanted a network. We wanted a network that would help connect uh, leaders and novice users in point-of-care ultrasound, uh, helping them in research, helping them in education and administrative issues as well. Uh, and as time goes by, uh, I'm happy to say that we're doing more and more stuff and hopefully we're going to make some influence. And it seems like, at least this year, what I've seen coming out of P2 is a lot of administrative, a lot of how to credential faculty, things like that. Uh, is there anything specific you're working on right now? Well. The administrative side or topics are for this year's conference. So we try to have a theme for every conference. Last year was uh, about education. Before of that, it was research. This year's we're talking more about administrative stuff. Um, but like I said, we're 
doing uh, many things uh, in research and edu education. We have an article that has been accepted uh, by uh, AEM uh, for publication about uh, creating the syllabus for Pempocus. Uh, we have a multi-center trial uh, happening right now for intussusception, comparing diagnosing intussusception by Pempocus physicians in, in comparison to radiology. Uh, diagnose and we're looking at accuracy differences in time to diagnosis and cost and so on there's another study in the works that uh, dr. Samuel lamb is uh, leading uh, for uh, looking at lung ultrasound and this is why we were established right because in, the problem in peds is that our numbers are for everything are smaller than adults right and if you for a good study you need the numbers but when we have the network and we have all the people together, it's easy to collaborate and we get the numbers. When we have more centers, and we are able to come up with more research and, and bigger projects. The first article he mentioned there was the Consensus Core Point-of-Care Ultrasound Applications for Pediatric Emergency Medicine Training. The paper sought consensus from experts in pediatric emergency ultrasound, and together they created a list of 21 applications that the experts believe should be considered core applications and included in all PEM fellow curricula. In addition to the other ongoing projects he mentioned, a multi-center study regarding the utility of ultrasound in skin and soft tissue infections was published in the fall of 2018 by Dr. Sam Lamb and many other members of the P2 network. We'll have more on that one in the next episode. At the P2 National Conference this summer, a new leadership team was elected. Dr. Barant still has a year left of his two-year term, and I asked him what his goals were. Now, I have two goals. Um, one is to try to formalize or better establish P2 network, because up till now we're like a bunch of people that have the same hobby, and we're like very, you know, we're all talking about the same things, and we love the same things, and we promote the same things, but we really want to become an organization, um, and so trying to find a way to be more self-sustainable uh, is one thing that we're exploring. Uh, another thing is, you know, coming from Israel and uh, outside of the North America, uh, I'm trying to get more and more people internationally involved. Since I became president, um, I've, of every workshop that I have, I'm promoting uh, uh, P2. Um, and we have more members coming in from you know the other side of the pond. Um, and, uh, and I have to say we have more Italians and Swiss. And uh, I had somebody from Denmark uh, join us last week. Um, and hopefully, maybe we'll be able to have one of our conferences in Europe as well. And you'll really become, because by, defi by definition, we are an international group. Um, so, I, for me personally, these are the two most important goals. There are the goals that are ongoing always, promote research, promote education, uh, you know, help, help uh, people build themselves as point-of-care ultrasound physicians. So that's, that's always there as part of the goals. And so, if you are interested in Pempocus or looking to get involved with the P2 network, get on their website at p2network.com and sign up for the newsletter. They just voted this summer to become a full-fledged nonprofit organization, and so big things are coming that you won't want to miss. And if you're looking for help or specific advice on anything Pempocus-related, 
Well, you know, just reach out. You know, don't be shy. Uh, like I said, we are a very accessible group. Uh, nobody uh, is uh, too important to disregard any email or any uh, application or any idea for that matter. Um, and you can email me, and my email is on the website. Uh, you can email each and any one of us, um, and we'll try to help whoever uh, contacts us. Um, I mean, that's our goal. That's what we're here for. So that's our show. You can find links to the articles we talked about in the show notes. I want to thank Dr. Barant again for being such a gracious collaborator. And also thanks to everyone who sent in feedback, thoughts, or recommendations for future episodes. It was quite helpful knowing what you feel is valuable when structuring and editing this one. So if you have any thoughts on what we can do better, let me know. This will be the last time we have a live audience in the background, so future episodes won't be quite so jarring. Speaking of which, join us next time when we sit down with Dr. Sam Lamb, who recently completed his term as the research director for the P2 Network. We'll talk about his recent article, which was published in the Journal of Emergency Medicine, investigating the utility of ultrasound in differentiating cellulitis versus abscess. We'll see you then.